0: in the last week of a, oh, we're in the next to last week of a series, five Sundays in October, called Monsters. We're talking about those things that roam in the night, if you will, that destroy us. Those, Those things that sort of operate in secret and destroy us. Over the last couple of weeks, we have talked about monsters that love to manipulate. We've talked about All kinds of monsters. We've we've talked about the uh, controlling monsters in our life. Today is going to be actually an off Sunday for those of you at Action Church. We're going to talk about a subject, but it's really not going to hit home with any of you because I know we don't deal with this monster at all at Action Church. We're above this monster at Action Church. We have all of our stuff together And nobody deals with the monster that is known as the gossiping monster. No, that would never happen at a church, much less at Action Church. So like I said, I'm going to go through the sermon today. I know it's really not going to convict any of you because, again, we don't deal with those issues around here. But the gossiping monster. Gossip's an interesting thing. For those of you who are new here and maybe don't know who I am, let me repeat again, I'm Gary Lamb, and according to Canton, I genuinely am the most interesting man alive. Like, the gossip that I hear about me is amazing. It lets me know so much about my life. I'm a drug addict. Action Church is actually the front for the biggest drug ring in Cherokee County. I don't know if you knew that or not. My wife and I run a big swinging brothel. I don't know if you've ever heard that or not. I live in the bar every night. Though I'm in bed by 8.30 every night. It's amazing. I'm a porn star. As you can tell, that is so true. I created an OnlyFans page. They pay... Not to have to look at it. It's an amazing concept. I had an affair with my 7th grade teacher while I was in 7th grade. I'm pretty impressive. The rumors, man, they're amazing. Like, I find out so much stuff about myself through the rumors. Like, I, I wish... I wish... I sincerely wish I was half as fun and as interesting as the rumors. It's funny, people will invite us. They'll be new in our lives and they'll invite us to dinner. They'll invite us to hang out. And I think the first time before they ever hang out, they have all these fun thoughts what it's going to be like to hang out. And then they realize they don't like people. And I want to be home by 7.30. And I very rarely drink. And did I mention that I don't like people? And so very quickly, their illusions of what hanging out with us will be like disappear. And they realize, I am not the most interesting person in Canton. I might actually be the lamest person in Canton. People love to gossip. They love to gossip. We're going to talk about that today. Gossip's interesting to me because one thing I've learned about as I have dealt with gossip over the years, and again, never at Action Church, ever, just every single day, like the Waffle House, 24-7, 365 days a year, the gossips in this church don't even take Thanksgiving and Christmas off, actually. As I've dealt with gossip, I've learned that gossip comes in several different physical forms. We've all dealt with this gossip or these gossips. You know, the first one is what I like to call the prayer request gossiper. You ever met that gossiper? You know, the person who comes to you acting spiritual. You know, pray for Don. He's drinking again. You know, you you disguise it underneath a prayer request. I mean, I'm just praying for Linda. I saw her at the package store the other day. I I bet her husband is furious. The love that guy gossiper. You know that guy, the love the guy gossiper? I was out to eat the other day and was listening to two teenagers talk. They were talking and they were railing on some guy. His dad buys him everything. Girls only date this guy because of his money. Guy doesn't really have any friends. But then they always fall to but, but man, I love that guy. Hey, I love him, but hey, be careful. I love him, but be careful. And then they just go into the gossip. The never shuts up gossiper, a.k.a. the action church gossiper, These people just love to talk. It's like it's their spiritual gift. Talk, 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 talk. You know, some people go to work to work, they go to work to talk. Those people, they're just always running that mouth. Did you hear about so and so? I can't believe she did that to him. He is a good man. You know what I heard? I mean they're picking up the phone, they're texting, they're whispering, they're Facebooking, they're Facebooking, they're Facebooking. They are in on the scoop. They are more reliable with false information than the weatherman on channel 2. That never shuts up. And then there's the macho gossiper. They stick out their chest. And, I mean, the truth the truth. I'm just keeping it real. If they don't want everyone to know their business, then people ought to not know their business. Well, the problem is that's not their business. You're gossiping about it. It's macho, almost arrogant. If they didn't want anyone to know, they shouldn't have said anything. The macho gossiper almost has a wall up. We've all dealt with these gossipers. And there's no monster like a gossiping monster. Because very rarely do people gossip about the truth, it could be the truth. But by the time it gets to the 12th person, it's no longer the truth. People just running their mouths about other people. But God forbid you run yours about them. They'll destroy you. I always tell people, I create enough drama that's the truth without you making up any. There's enough bad to talk about when it comes to me that you don't need to make anything up. But that's the funny thing. Did you know even when you're talking about the truth, it can be gossip? If it's not your place to say then why are you saying it? You just like to talk. You like to be in everyone else's business because it helps you forget how miserable your life actually is. Hmm. By talking about everyone else's problems, you don't have to deal with your problems. It makes you feel better about your inadequacies. It makes you feel better about your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups, so you talk smack about everyone else. Gossip is everywhere. Get out of the service today and you'll hear some. Matter of fact, get out of the service today and go out to eat because there ain't no gossip like Sunday after church gossip at the restaurants. Because Christians are the best gossips. And they only connect with everybody else once a week, so they only get to scoop on Sunday morning. So they got to talk about it on Sunday afternoon. It'll be out in little groups in the parking lot. It'll be in the next booth over. People are worse than TMZ when it comes to getting the scoop. And what's sad is, is we crave it. Because if we didn't crave it and didn't ask for it, they wouldn't give it to us. Oh, but we'll talk about that later. Gossip's everywhere. Gossip's online. Gossip's on our phone. Gossip comes through text. Like I said, it comes through social media. It happens in our neighborhoods. We recently had somebody move in my neighborhood who is a key political player, I guess you would call them locally. And they might not be the biggest fan of me. But you know how I found out they moved in my neighborhood? Probably 15 people told me. i heard who moved in your neighborhood. Who? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, they know it. I said, do they? Mm -hmm. I heard them talking. About moving in my neighborhood? Yeah. Literally one of them told me, they live 12 houses down from you. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm in the bank the other day. In the bank. Heard who moved in your neighborhood. I always just played dumb. Who? I'm like, how do you know that? Gossip. You know why they moved in there, don't you? No, why? I heard they're going to annex your neighborhood into the city. What do you think about that? I don't even know what that means. So I don't think anything about it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Your taxes are going to go up, but well, then I'm against it. <laughs> That's the only thing I know about. I don't even know what that means. But just gossip, gossip, gossip. It's everywhere. Gossip happens. <laughs> you heard about Russ? No, I haven't. He's just struggling right now. Someone came up to me yesterday. Heard about my ex son in law? No. Well, I said I don't. I ain't seen that person in five years. I'm working right now. Oh, okay. Come over later. I'll tell you all about it. Man. Poor Russ. Heard he's broke. He's addicted to porn. His wife's pregnant again. I don't even know if it's his. And then they'll switch. He just reminds me of Job in the Bible. He's going through it. Well, I'm sure you telling everyone he's going through it makes him feel great. We love to gossip. Maybe you've been on the other end of gossip. Maybe you've been the one burned by gossip. Maybe you shared something in confidentiality, way, you shared, in a way of confidence with someone, excuse me, in a way of accountability to someone, and they betrayed that trust and told everybody your business. And you've been burned by gossip. You said something in prayer meeting, or you said something... Awful friends, and you were confiding in them and letting them know, and now suddenly the whole world knows the gossip. Maybe you sent an email to someone, it was a confidential email. Just letting them know, hey, here's where I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Find out they told everybody around them about you. I mean, I just told that one person, they're my friend. But they didn't tell that person, so why did you feel the need to? Gossip. We thrive on it. And what's sad is gossip can be good or bad, but we thrive on the bad gossip the best. I saw the other day something that said that if you have a good experience at a restaurant, you're likely to tell one person. If you have a bad experience at a restaurant, you're likely to tell 12 people. 12? Isn't that crazy? We love to talk about the bad. We're just negative people by nature. We thrive on it. We love the drama of it. We love gossip. People here today, you've been the victim of gossip. I read one time and it gave the top five reasons people do not attend church. And number four was gossip in the church. That's pathetic. Maybe you're the one who actually spreads gossip. Again, I know that's no one here. Probably someone online. The guy who tunes in every week from Ireland, we know it's you. Something happened to you. You became angry. Words just started coming out, and they were vicious words. And suddenly it spread like wildfire, and you've ruined someone's character over your anger. Or maybe you weren't even angry. Maybe you just talked too much. Maybe you flap that jaw too much. You tell people's business that you shouldn't tell. Maybe in your mind it was just words coming out of your mouth and you didn't think about the things you were saying, but remark after remark after remark, it's nicking away at somebody's character. It becomes like a snowball and you've ruined them. There's many sides to gossip. The one gossiping, the one being gossiped about, you gossiping about someone else? It can be something that's innocent and you're in the office and can you believe she's dating somebody else? If she dates 50 people this year. It's none of your business. You're just mad because you can't get a date. So what does God say about it? You know the Bible says a lot about gossip. I could do a whole series on gossip. My goal before this sermon was to gossip. It was. It's festival season. Those of you who don't know, I put on festivals for a living. It's my busy time of the year, and so I got sidetracked and forgot to, but about two weeks ago, I was going to start a rumor. It was going to be a good one, too. And I was going to tell about three people at Action Church the rumor, and I wanted to see how big it got over two weeks. And then I was actually going to get on Facebook leading up and say, hey, I know there's a lot of rumors going around and I want to address those because I knew we'd have record attendance if I said that. And then I was going to preach on gossip, but I forgot I ruined that, so I'll try it a couple of years again when I preach on it. But the Bible says a lot about gossip. The Scripture has a lot to say about the power of the tongue. The Bible actually says this little thing, the tongue, Gives life and death to people. You can build somebody up, and you can tear somebody down. Let me give you an example of how powerful this thing is right here. I had a vendor yesterday at 4 o'clock. My festival ended at 5 o'clock. It was a huge festival. We had record attendance. Thousands upon thousands of people at this festival. Vendor after vendor selling out a product way before the night was over. And this one vendor came up to me at about 4 o'clock with an hour to and I said, can I tear down and go home? I said, you absolutely cannot. It's One of our policies, you tear down early, you don't get to come back to any of our events. I said, you cannot tear down. I said, you have an hour to go. Why, why would you want to tear down? There's people everywhere. I thought they were going to tell me I've sold out of everything and I'm just standing around. And I was going to be like, man, that's a good problem. Instead, they said, it's our first event and we haven't sold one thing. In the heat of the moment, I said, well, that sucks. I'm sorry for that. Go back to your tent. You have another hour. But you are not tearing down. Suck it up. I was a little hard on the guy, to be honest. As a matter of fact, people actually thought I was fighting with the person. They said, what was that about? I said, what do you mean? I was just told of that. They said, no, man, your hands were going and blah, blah, blah. And he went back to his tent. I was deflating to him the power of the mouth. I felt a little bad about it. So I made some more loops around. I stopped by him. I said, man, you decided to stay? Well, you didn't give us much choice. I said, I didn't. I said, man, what happened today? It's our first event. We just came in super excited. I said, man, I get that. I said, you know how many vendors here had their first event and never sold anything? I said, you don't know everything. It's your first event. I said, evaluate. I said, check out your product. Check out how friendly you were. I said, Were you on your phone all day? They kind of looked at said, Yeah. That's amazing, ain't it? You sit in the back of your booth on your phone and you're not friendly. Anyway, I was real nice to him and I built him up and I said, Man, if you got a good price, I don't know if you have a good product. Well, will you try on a record? I said, absolutely will not. I don't eat people's food, I don't know what their house looks like. So I said, No. I said, But it looks pretty. I said, Don't make any sense why you didn't sell any. I said, did you keep it in that container all day? Well, yeah. I said, well, then why would anybody buy it? You can't see it. Put it in a container that was, couldn't even see the product. I said, you don't have a banner up? I said, you sit in the back of your booth all day and interact with people? I said, so here's what I, my suggestion, because it had been about 15 minutes. I said, well, there's 45 minutes left. Can I give you some advice? Yeah. I said, you're not selling anything. So what i do is I'd walk around and give out my cupcakes. And while I was giving out my cupcakes to Fred, let him know who I was, and I said, but I'd also walk around and check out other people's booths. Why? I said, see what they're doing. I said, man, if this is your dream, because he said it was his wife's dream, I said, this is your wife's dream. I said, man, it must be a small dream if you're going to give up after four hours. I said, go evaluate and get better. So I saw him passing out cupcakes and walking around. Then the night they came to me, they said, we want to thank you. I said, what do you want to thank me for? Man, you really made us feel better when you came back over and just kind of talked to us like that. Ain't that funny, the power of the tongue? The Bible says it has death and life in it. I tore them down at first because I was irritated with them. Because they know the rules you can't tear down. But then I stopped for a minute and put myself in their shoes and thought, man, how frustrated would I be? I've done it. I've done events where no one showed up. You know, the second church service I ever had in my life at a start of church in Iowa? Four people showed up. I know what that's like. And I went over there, and just my simple math, and I'm nobody special, but just building them up gave them life again. There's power, and there's death in the tongue. The Bible talks so much about it. You can encourage people. The tongue can be used to give life. And it can tear people down. It can destroy people. You've heard me say before, the biggest lie we teach our children is that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Bullcrap. Words hurt. Words hurt bad. I'm 46 years old. You won't find anybody that is probably more hardened to criticism than I am. And yet there's still times they hurt. My wife will tell me sometimes when I need to approach the kids about something. They already know what they did wrong. They're already hurting. Be real careful how you approach them. She's right. There's other times she says, hey, 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 hey. Emily just did this, this, and this. And, man, make sure you send her a text and let her know how proud you are of her. Okay. It builds her up. Builds your kids up. My son's football team yesterday. Lost 40 to nothing. 40 to nothing. They've got a good record. They're making the playoffs. They're a solid team. They got their teeth kicked in yesterday, 40 to nothing. I'm at the festival. I didn't get to see it. It's probably good because I would ended up in jail had I been at the game. thought it was weird Christine was not sending me updates like I asked her to do. So I assumed that they were losing, she calls me. I said, how'd it go? Not good. What's the final score? She said 40 to nothing. I said, oh. I said, let me talk to Luke. She goes, you're on speakerphone. Guess what Luke didn't need after losing 40 to nothing? Beat up? He knew he lost. He knew he got his face caved in all day. It wasn't the time or the place. Now, there is a time and a place to address that and talk about how you cannot let that happen again. That wasn't the time or place. There's power in the tongue. And we can literally destroy people with our gossip. I love King David. I feel like I preach about David here all the time, but David is so much of the Old Testament. And he's just an amazing example of messing up and God still loving him and redemption. And before he became king, he he was on the rise to become king. And people were angry that David was on the rise. They were mad at him. They hated him. They began to talk about him. The more successful you become in life, the more people will criticize your life. You say, it doesn't make sense. It don't have to make sense. It's reality. People who are doing nothing with their lives love to gossip about those who are doing something with their lives. It's reality. It just is what it is. They begin to spread lies, and they begin to spread gossip about him. They were trying to bring him down. And that wasn't even enough. They actually got swords and daggers, and they started to chase David, and they were going to kill David before David became king. And so as he's being chased over the mountains, and he's going through the rivers, and he's hiding in caves, at one moment in time, he hops in this cave and he grabs his iPad and he tweets out, Man, I'm going to record how God's dealing with me right now. And that's the book of Psalms, David's tweets. And he says in Psalms 57:4, I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows whose tongues are sharp swords. Now check this out. They're physically trying to kill David. But he don't tweet about that. He tweets about the things they're saying about him. They had physical swords, physical arrows, physical sharp swords. And he's talking about them in regards to the mouth. The things they were saying about him were rougher on David than the things they were trying to do to him physically. They were destroying his character and his name. David didn't ask to become king. God anointed him king. David handled himself with dignity until God chose to place him in there and remove Saul. He had chance after chance after chance to kill Saul and put himself in the place of king, and he didn't. And it was God's place to do that. And yet they can continue to talk about him. Violent language. Ravenous beast. Their teeth, their spears, their arrows. What he's saying here is, man, what they are saying about me, the words they are saying is literally ruining my life and can affect me not only now but for generations to come. In order to deal with gossiping monsters, we've got to understand some things about them. And so we're going to look at the subject of gossip, and we're going to be all over the the thing today. Because I'm not going to tell you necessarily how to deal with it until the end. I'm just going to tell you some things about gossip. Because I don't know that we understand the power of gossip. I don't know that we understand how quickly it can ruin something. How quickly it can destroy something. We love to believe false accusations. And you know what's amazing now about false accusations? We just got to throw the clickbait out there on social media. Has anybody seen one political ad where a candidate is talking about what they stand for? Instead of rumors about the other side? Instead of standing on our own two feet, it's how do I tear this person down? I'm a loser, but if I can make them a bigger loser, then I win. Hence, I'm the biggest loser. Pitiful, gossip, clickbait. A couple of words you click on, it has nothing to do with what you clicked on. First thing I want you to notice today is this. Gossip leads, leaves a path of destruction. James, the brother of Jesus, the New Testament, he's writing a book in the Bible. He's like, man, everybody's talking about the tongue. Let me get in on that. Let me throw my two cents in on that. I got something to say to him. Look at what he says in James 3. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, unless you're Gene Simmons. But it makes great boasts. It's small but it makes great boasts. Your tongue has a Napoleon complex. You ever met that small guy, the short guy who wants to fight everybody? That's your tongue. The tongue's a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. All the wildfires, it's always a small spark that starts and look at damage that it does. He's saying that's what your tongue does. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I like this because James is using language of the day that they understand to talk about that. The Bible's full of language of the day. It talks about shepherds and gladiators and warriors. It was talking in a way that they would understand. Have... So I was like, if this verse was written today to talk about how powerful the tongue is how would we word it what would we say maybe we say something like this tongue it's like a suicide bomber walking into a mall with thousands of people that one person can destroy everything there the tongue is like the kid that is on the verge Of a lunatic fringe as he walks into the cafeteria school one day and begins to spread bullets all over, destroying everything in his path. That's the imagery that he's laying out here about the tongue. He's saying, this is how powerful the tongue is. There was a kid in my neighborhood, David, growing up. I'll never forget. Nobody liked him. Everybody always made fun of David because he was different. Man, we were crappiest kids. David was kind of reclusive. He wasn't into the things we were into. And people were just mean to him. They loved to gossip about David. Because he didn't look like them. And act like them. And dress like them. And he wasn't into the things that we were into. One day, David found his dad's gun, and he killed himself. I was 14 years old. He was in high school. wasn't really a kid I grew up. He grew up ahead of me. I lived in a small town, so the middle school kids and the high school kids rode the bus together. So I knew David from that, and I would watch people pick on him. And he killed himself. And the note said, Dad, I just can't handle it anymore. I can remember like it was yesterday, my mom telling me, Dad, I can't handle the teasing. I can't handle the gossip. And I can't handle why everyone just lies about me. And he killed himself over gossip. You say, well, he was weak. No. The mouth's powerful, it leaves destruction. You might think you're gossiping because you think something's funny. But really what you're doing is you're gossiping to destroy. You're talking about someone that's really none of your business. I tell people all the time, other people's opinions of me is none of my business. I don't care. So as I deal with that, I think about David. I hadn't thought about him for a long time until this week. it, It makes me look a little bit closer at my life and wonder, how careless have I been with my words? How many people have I hurt with my tongue? How many people have I burned? How many stories have I spread? How many times have I just sparked something that became huge? All because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. All because I wanted to build myself up by tearing someone else down. All because I thought, man, it's just funny. But I was the only one laughing. Man, gossip leads a path of destruction. Who are the people that have been hurt by your words? What relationships have been ended because of your words? Friendships that were really, really strong, and then somebody said something, who said something, who said something, and now the relationship connection is no longer there. I assume it was this way when I was a kid, but I was in the middle of it, so I don't remember it. But the gossip among kids today Holy smokes. I don't know if it's because of cell phones and they have unlimited access to each other. I don't know if it's because of social media and we can spread it so, quick, it just can spread so much quicker. Back in my day, you had to get on this amazing thing actually called a landline. The only way you get on the landline is if no one else was on the landline. And then you had to be careful on the landline because your parents were slick. And they knew how to get that landline picked up without you hearing it click, and they listening to you. I remember one day I was going to fight this guy at school. and I showed up at school the next day, and during the morning announcements, the principal was like, blah, 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 and Gary Lamb, if you'll report to my office. I reported to him, he said, you're an in-school suspension. And I said, for what? Your mom called and said, you're going to be fighting today. I said, my mom called? Mm-hmm. Said, I wasn't gonna fight about it. She said, He said, Well, you were talking about it on the phone last night. She was on the other room on the phone. He said, You're gonna fight this guy over this girl? And this guy's gonna come help you, and y'all gonna catch him. In... They knew everything. Mom ratted me out. No wonder me and her ain't close. It was hard back in the day. Now it's easy. Gossip leaves a path of destruction. The funny thing is, you hate it when they gossip about you, but you do it to others. And we hurt people with our words. Man, it's just amazing how that happens. Maybe you destroyed someone's character. You didn't even mean to destroy their character, but you did. Some of you right now, the Holy Spirit's bringing those people to your mind. You remember that conversation you had. Remember when you walked out of that party and said what you said, and wished you wouldn't have said it. And now it spread like wildfire. Path leads a tongue leads a path to destruction. The Bible says this in Ephesians four: Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I've heard preachers get up and use this, talk about cussing all the time. It doesn't have anything to do with cussing. You say, well, of course not, Gary, because you cuss. No, I'm just telling you, it doesn't have anything to do with cussing. It has to do with unwholesome talk about other people. Spreading rumors about them. What he's talking about here is making sure we have a filter. Look what he says, don't let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for rooting up according to their needs, not your needs. Don't miss that. Their needs. <laughs> Remember what I tell you all the time? It's not about you. I hate that. Egomaniac right here. I hate it. I think everything should be about me. But I know it's not. Only talk talking out of your mouth, only what's helpful for building up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. What would happen instead of gossiping? We built other people up to other people according to the needs they had. Someone's going through a divorce, instead of saying, man, going through a divorce again, we built them up. Man, I heard they're going through a divorce. I hate that, but man, that dude's a good dude. She's a good lady. We built those people up according to their... that. That's putting everything that we say through the filter. When you begin to engage in a conversation, you begin to ask the question, man, what does this person need right now? What's going on in this person's life right now? What is this person's hurt right now? What is their pain? What is their joy? What is their passion? What happened to them this morning before they got... What, My counselor tells me, and my wife and I use this expression all the time. Let's stop for a minute and put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Anybody ever seen that movie? I think it was called Vantage Point. Vantage Point was a movie, and I'm making this up. I can't remember how many different, but I think it was the same scene over and over, but from like five different people's point of view. And it was amazing how from each person's point of view, the scene was entirely different. It's an awesome movie. But it's life like that. If we'd stop and put ourselves in the other person's shoes, it'd probably change how we talk about those people. What God's saying is, hey, let's stop talking about other people and start talking to those people. Instead of talking about someone, John Little did that to me one time. He came back to me one time, picked up some shirts and said, man, hey, I heard some things I want to ask you about. I said, what would you hear? Bam, 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 sham-a-lam-a-lam, lamb, lamb, lamb. lamb. Like three hours later after he told me what he heard, it was a lot. I said, well, that don't even make sense. I didn't think it did. I said, I don't even understand how that is happening. What are you talking about? I said, let's look at that logically. Boom, 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 boom. Afterwards, he said, yeah, I just need to come to you about it. So I appreciate it. And I'm going to get to this at the end of the sermon. You know what he said? Yes, Stacy looked at him and said, man, that's my pastor, so let's not talk about that. How many of y'all would do that? you would be like, tell me more. See, we love to talk about people instead of talking to them. If what he came to me about happened to be true, I like to think he was coming to me and saying, man, what's going on in your life that's hurting you where you're doing this? See, when we hear things, let's put ourselves in those persons' shoes and find out what it is they're going through. Gossip leaves a path of destruction. You know something else? we got to fix what you gossiped about. Again, this doesn't apply to any of y'all because you don't gossip. one of the most adult things you can ever do is go fix what you gossiped about. I love Matthew chapter 5. Jesus has just come on the scene right here. This is one of his first sermons. And he's standing in front of all these people, and they're literally on the edge of their seat, and they're like, what is this guy going to say? Look what he says. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and they remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go... And be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. He's saying, go fix what you messed up. This is a whole sermon on worship. He's saying, before you begin to worship, fix it. You're driving down the road and you've got worship music on and you're praising God and all of a sudden something pops in your mind. You turn that worship music off and you fix what you messed up. You begin to ask for forgiveness. You go to that person and say, man, I have wronged you. I said this, this, and this. Someone called me recently. And they said, man, I heard you said this, this, and this. I hadn't seen this person in probably three years. I said, well, this, this, and this is inaccurate. I did say this, this, and this. I said, this person asked me a question, and I answered their question. I said, but you know what? You're right. I shouldn't have even answered their question. I should have looked at them and said, man, I don't know. You need to go to that person. And I said, I'd love for you to forgive me. He said, are you serious? I said, yeah. He goes, man, I I thought I was going to call and you and me were going to throw down. I said, no. I said, you're right. It wasn't my place to tell this person what I told them, even though they asked me. He said, man, I've been angry. Don't miss this. He said, I've been angry at you for three years. He said, you've been living in my head rent-free. I said, man, I didn't even know I'd hurt you. He goes, man, all I had to do was call you and get this fixed. We were on the phone for literally two minutes. He goes, thank you. I said, I'm glad you got what you needed. You have my word that'll never happen again. Go fix what you gossiped about. The rumor that you spread. (laughs) Go fix it. He's talking about this in the context of worship. You can't worship Christ like you're supposed to worship Christ until you fix those relationships. The heart of God is reconciliation. And he wants us reconciled to people. We're going to say stupid things. We're going to mess up. We're going to say things we shouldn't say. You go fix it. Hmm. Go to that person. See, here's the deal about gossip. We're not responsible for someone else's gossip. Only ours. And we're all guilty of it. People love it. So when we say things, we need to go fix it. We begin to lay the groundwork for renewal in that. The Bible says in Romans 14, 12, so then each of us will give an account for ourselves to God. I'm not responsible for somebody else's actions. I'm responsible for mine. If everybody else is gossiping, I'm responsible for how I respond to that gossip. Let me throw this point out to you. And I want you to don't throw it up there yet, Xander. I want you to hear what I'm about to say, Action Church. I don't get on to you often. Not my style. But you can let this blow over, and you can ignore it, or you can hear what I'm about to tell you. Gossip will destroy a church faster than anything else. Gossip will destroy a church faster than than anything else. About five years ago, we had a situation I had to deal with. I would deal with that situation the same way that I dealt with it then. I dealt with the situation legally how we were supposed to deal with the situation. You will never, ever get an apology from me from that. But the gossip started on how we dealt with it. And probably 50% of our church left Over gossip. One person, Tom Hunt, came to me. Tom Hunt does it all the time. He wanted to hear the truth. I told him what happened. He said, fair enough. Everybody who left was the people Tom hung out with. Had to be hard on him. I don't know what it is, though. In the last six months, I've had more people that left Message me, get in touch with me, and apologize to me over that. They're still too prideful to come back. I understand that. Pride's pride's a tough thing. Rick ran into one of them and they said, Man, we've been wanting to reach out for Gary forever. Just tell him how wrong we were. I'm at a festival yesterday and one of the sponsors shows up and it was one of the people who left. I can't even remember the lady's name. Me and Christine kept trying to remember her name all day long. Are you Gary? <laughs> yeah me you remember me i said i remember you but it's not the place or the time to get into it you're still at action church well yeah who else is going to take me i could tell she's irritated as could be about her day about 3 she came up to me and she said i don't really keep up with your church anymore i said okay i don't really care because I love that church. I said, well, I'm, we loved you being there. She said, man, we left for the wrong reasons. I said, you did. She goes, we found out real quick what was being said wasn't true. but We were just too embarrassed to come back. I said, yeah, gossip's tough like that, ain't it? We might show up one day. I said, you know where we are. That's how the devil loves to destroy a church. I don't know that I agree with this, and I don't know if I agree with that. Guess what? Let me educate you on something real quick. You ain't ever gonna find a church you agree with everything at. I'm the pastor here. And I don't agree with about 90% of what y'all do, what we do. Seriously, I don't agree with every decision we make you're looking for the perfect church and you find it, don't join it, you'll ruin it. Man. it's a great story in Numbers chapter 12. Moses leading the people of Israel out of slavery. Moses was a pimp leader. Like literally, probably one of the greatest leaders ever, Moses. If you ever want to study out leadership, go study the life of Moses. And all of a sudden, the people start gossiping about him. He's leading them out of slavery. Look what they said in Numbers 12. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he was married to a Cushite. Has this Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? Here's that bad part, though, and the Lord heard this. I don't like his wife. We never had that, have we? We had who at the time was one of our elders leave the church when me and Christine started dating because they grew up with Christine. This is what they told me. We don't care if you sleep with a different woman every week. Just don't marry her. Bye. They begin to talk about him. God speaks through him. He can only speak through us. I mean, he's leading the people out of slavery, and they're complaining. And the Lord heard this. You don't think the Lord hears your gossip. You might think no one hears it, but God hears it. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out to the tent of a meeting, all three of you. This is back when God made himself revealed to people. How do you like God to say, come on out, let's talk? So the three of them went out. The Lord came down in a pillar of a cloud, and he stood at the entrance of the tent, and he summoned Aaron and Miriam. And the two of them stepped forward. He said, listen to my word. Why ain't this a movie? He said, when there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is a faithful in my house, and with him I speak face to face. He said, "Normally, what God taking a whole nother level." They said, "Why don't God speak to us? I don't speak to." Him. He said, "Normally, with prophets, I speak to him in visions. Not with Moses, I just come to him and speak to him face to face." Me and Big Mo over here, we have coffee together. We have coffee together. I speak face-to-face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And The anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. And when the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. You don't think God takes it serious? He told me, I talked to Moses. What I tell Moses to do, Moses says, don't you question him. Don't you spread dissension. Don't you spread gossip. And it said he was furious against them. So then look what it says in verse 15. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days. And the people could not move until she was brought back. Her gossip stopped the whole tribe from moving forward. They were locked down because of her gossip. Woo! Some of you need to check yourself because you gossip just to feel important. They couldn't even move forward to the gossip was dealt with. You want God to do what he's supposed to do in this church. Some of y'all need to stop gossiping. If Gary would ever focus fully on the church, it might do what it's supposed to do. Or maybe if you'd shut up gossiping, it'd do what it's supposed to do. Let me remind you, and I don't mean this cocky and I don't mean this arrogantly, I already started the biggest church in this city. I know what I'm doing. But you wasn't part of that church gossiping. But you're part of this one. There's people that won't come in the doors of this church because you've gossiped about them. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And who the hell are you to gossip? Because we got so much dirt on you. And I don't mean that as a threat because make no mistake about it, we got so much dirt on all of us because this is the island of misfit toys, pastor included. Who are we to gossip about anybody's life? We are messed up people. Saved by the grace of God. He picked us up by the miry clay and set our feet on a solid rock. God looked down in our brokenness, our bustedness, our disgustedness, and said, I'm going to use those people to do amazing things. There ain't nobody perfect here. When we started the church, that was actually our slogan. No perfect people allowed. Got Kylie's mom all mad at me. I guess Jesus ain't allowed there. (laughs) Remember that, Kylie? Lord. (laughs) Pull, Pull down our slogan and change it. Gossip would kill a church. So Gary, what's the answer to gossip? It's so simple. It's so simple. Don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching of you learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord with their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. One reason and one reason only people gossip to you. You listen. Gary, people have been coming to me. Have they? Every one of you that's ever come to me, you know the next question. Who? Who? Well, I don't want to break their confidentiality. Oh, so you've set yourself up as the king. You've set yourself up as they come to you. You're not going to tell me who, don't tell me what. And if you're going to tell me who, still don't tell me what. Tell me rather why they're so comfortable coming to you. Y'all love gossip. And that's why they come to you. Gary, have you heard blah, blah? No. Gary, have you not? No, I haven't. You know why? Because I don't listen to it. And any of you who ever come to me trying to say it, you know that to be true. I don't listen to it. None of my business. Gossip about myself is not my business, much less gossip about other people. In case you didn't know it, my life is kind of crazy. I have four kids from elementary school to college. 752 dogs. My wife's maiden name is Cope. I brought three kids to the marriage. She brought three kids to the marriage. Emily, her daughter. Rick, her father. And Gail, her mother. We busy. We own our own businesses. We busy. I don't got time for gossip. gossip will destroy if we's baptists today i'd give an altar call because some of you need to come down and repent but we ain't but some of you are under conviction right now i know that some of you need to go fix some things you gossiped about some of you need to realize you're killing this church some of you just need to learn to stop listening let's pray